Live from Cerebral Sound Studios, it is the Englewood, New Jersey God, Armand Sadler, and this is Stay Busy Podcast. Yes, yes, sir. One more time. It is the boy, Armand Sadler, the host of Stay Busy. I be busy sometimes. I be working. Sometimes I'll be playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Sometimes I'm on Twitter. <laughs> A lot of the time I'm on Twitter. Right. And But yeah, life is fun. How, how you feeling, bro? Man, you know what it is. I'm living. I'm breathing. I'm thankful to be here. Who are you? I'm Nicholas Early. Okay. You're right. Making sure. My name is Nick Early. Yeah. Yeah, you got to let people know who you are. He used to call me Nick late in school. I used to tell him, you're so original. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure your last name was misspelled a lot as well. Uh, L-Y all the time. I think it's the second, the E between the L-Y. I would hear eerily a lot. Yeah, I definitely thought it was eerily. Why? It's just the E between the L-Y? It is the E. Oh, my God. Anyway. He changed his things. But, um, yeah, we're here again. Uh, Shout out to anyone tuning in, wherever you're tuning in, at whatever time you're tuning in. You know, regardless of the type of socks you're wearing, regardless of whether you prefer cotton or polyester, we appreciate you taking the time out to listen to Stay Busy Pod. Shout out to Anchor, free distribution platform. If you're interested in potting and you don't have a microphone, you don't have a studio that you can record at, even though there's a multitude of them, you can literally do it from your phone, edit special effects and distribute for free to all the platforms and even Get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. So make some money and talk. And, of course, shout out to Cerebral Sound Studio in Elizabeth, New Jersey, for having us. Truly appreciate y'all. Let's get into it, man. All right, all right, all right. So, Armand, what's in your what's in your coffee today? Uh, today I'm feeling a nice Dunkin' iced coffee, um, you know, large. All large right. Large tang. I like, like you. We like, we like. I'm sipping on a bit of uh, chrysanthemum. <laughs> you know how that goes. Like I said, he gets bougier every week. Uh-huh. That's all right. I don't know if it's more bougie, bougier, but we're going to roll with it. The man is different. Yeah. Get your teas up, y'all. I like teas. But anyways, so what's in our coffee cup today, our half and half for this week? We're going to talk about Taylor Swift and this whole master situation so i knew you were trouble when you walked in <laughs> literally right <laughs> so i guess this this hits particularly close to home because i'm an artist and i you know a lot of artists that get on i think take the wrong deals and obviously you know they end up in sales their situations when they are at a point where they want to kind of take complete ownership of their life and they don't because some sick Greedy person comes in the way and tries to take what you own from you. And then, of course, we've seen this whole master's conversation has just been since the dawn of the music industry, been a situation 
a lot of artists have fought through, get got screwed over by managers, labels, um, in regards to their masters. And for those who don't know, masters for the long, this is the, the long and short of it is just ownership of your music and the, the copyright. Um, when you publish a mu- uh, music piece, there's two sides, of it. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, the masters and publishing and all that and so on and so forth. But owning your masters is really, really important for any artist that wants to do anything like get, for example, syncs, which mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is blocking. So a sync is uh, anytime music is uh, paired with any visual. So for a TV show, for a commercial, for a movie, anything like that. So, Taylor Swift and uh, Scooter Braun. Um, Scooter Braun is a very well-known music manager in the industry. They are kind of kind of at war right now because Scooter Braun, I think, through an acquisition of another company, which is, I believe, was Taylor Swift's prior label. Um, yes, so it is Ithaca Holdings. Mm. Um, it was Swiss comments. Ithaca Holdings what is Scooter Braun's company that fully acquired her former label, um, Big Machine Label Group. Mm-hmm. In this acquisition, Scooter Braun acquired Taylor Swift's Masters. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and basically, he's not trying to give them back to her. Mm-hmm. I think they've been in conversations about trying to. I think they're now at the point where it's gotten kind of crazy where Scooter Braun has received death threats mm. to his family. Um, it's at that level. But basically, long story short, it's the conversation of artists owning their masters um, and having the opportunity and the ability to own their masters. Artists yeah. do not sign contracts that do not allow you to own your masters. I don't care. If you want to get on right now, I don't care how much money up front they're offering you. You have to own your own music. You're the one that has to go on tour, sing this music. You're the one that spent hours and hours in the studio creating it. Why not reap the benefits? That's how people feed their families. That's how you feed your family. That's how you create long-term wealth is by owning your masters. Mm-hmm. Now, Taylor Swift, someone like her, we know the extensive uh, nature of her catalog. Mm-hmm. She can't even do certain things. She has to ask somebody. There's no need. There's no um no place in her music, really. She has to ask them if they want to use it. Mm-hmm. She wants to use it for anything like that. So it's really bad. Yeah, I hate un- that. It's unfortunate for me to see because it kind of feels like exploitation in a way. You know, Taylor popped when she was young. Someone who's 15, 16 and is told, hey, we're going to pay you a lot of money because you make good music people like. They're not thinking about, oh, down the road, if I want to sink to something. I, I want to be able to do that freely. They're not thinking about, you know, the rights that they might be might may or may not be giving up. And you know, we don't know whether she was able to afford a lawyer, if they thought having a lawyer was necessary, if they had anyone read over what the agreements were. And then, you know, she, she kind of gets into the, caught up into this situation where her former label gets uh, acquired by someone else and she doesn't have the freedom to decide what she wants to do. So I think it's um, while it, it is on artists to be informed and to, you know, sign good deals and, you know, not be taken advantage of. Um, it's also on labels to not take advantage of, of situations yeah. like that. So. Scooter Braun, give her masters back. What's wrong with you? Scoot them masters scoot over. Them, <laughs> scoot them masters here, boy. Wow. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's my half and half of the week. Yeah, let's jump into the employee of the week. This week, we want to highlight my guy, Trey Alston. Yeah, Trey. Go, Trey. 
Trey has been a staff writer at MTV for almost a year now. Um, I got connected with him through Twitter. It's probably probably going to say this about every single person who, who comes up. Um, but he's he's an amazing writer, uh, amazing personality, very positive guy, really reaches back, um, get, provides insight to uh, up and coming writers like myself. I, I shot him DMs and he was always willing to talk, always looking out. He's also got placements in Revolt, DJ Booth, Elevator, Complex, Pitchfork, Pigeons and Planes. You name it. He's probably written there or he's about to have a byline uh, in there. Exactly. There's one piece in particular this year he wrote uh, for DJ Booth, The Impossible Task of Rap Compilations. Um, that was around the time when uh, the Revenge of the Dreamers three sessions were happening. You know, the 10 day rap camp where J. Cole and J.I.D. and all of them invited Reason and Young Nudie and DaBaby to come rap with them and ultimately make the project that we got in July. Right. And, you know, there was so much hype surrounding it with the golden tickets and, you know, with new artists arriving, Black ended up going, Rick Ross was there, Wale showed up, T.I. showed up, and T.I. ended up on the album. But with all of that hype, all of the expectations, it's like, all right, well, what's what's the music going to be? You know, can they come together and really make a project that's going to satisfy us? And, you know, Trey looked back at projects like Cruel Summer, the good music project, which was solid, but you know, with good music was at, probably at its peak around the time Cruel Summer came out. Um, and with that, it's like, all right, well, yay, Push, Big Sean, Tiana, they're, they're obviously going to make amazing music. They're all at near the height of their careers, mm-hmm. arguably. Yeah. And, you know, with all of that, you know, going into it, listening to it, people people find things that they don't like. People find, oh, I wanted it to sound this way or, you know. So there's just there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of pressure on the artists and there's there's a, there's a lot of management that I, that the listeners have to do as well because just because J Cole, Reason and Young Nudie are 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 in the same room working on the same song, it doesn't always mean that it's going to be the most amazing thing ever. Right. Um but you know, in in kind of stripping down those those expectations and just listening to things, you you can find things that you like. That you can. So, shout out to Trey for his yeah. end game. That's our employee of the week. Great job, Trey. Nick, what you uh, what you adding to the slide deck this week? Aha! What am I adding? The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. You weren't either. Mm-mm. No, you weren't, Captain. But don't tell nobody. Mm-mm. Um, I'm adding to the slide deck. My slide for the slide deck is going to be. Anderson Pack, Good Heels, featuring the incredible, the incomparable Jasmine Sullivan, y'all. Let's get it. Oh, hell, too real, waiting outside 
That is a slide. I don't care what nobody say. Mm. That is a slide right there, y'all. Love that one. Yeah, that's hard. Um, Anderson Pack is a huge, huge inspiration for me as an artist. Um, I just love how he showcases, like, he's a drummer who can sing, who can rap, who writes, who does everything, man. And I just love, love, love that track. I love uh, the story. is kind of interesting. and kind of puts you in a really interesting position of, like, him, obviously, well, him cheating on his girl, but the perspective of the girl who he's cheating with getting locked out of the house in her good heels. Mm. Um, <laughs> Hate to see it. And he's, you know, kind of, so I can't help you. I'm out. Mm. You, get, get up, you got to pull up uh, the fire escape. So <laughs> pull out the fire escape. Yeah. <laughs> Start using your fire escapes a little more if you're going to be in all shenanigans, but uh, don't cheat. Yeah. Be safe. Safe. Yeah. All right. So Armand, what's, what's uh, your slide for this week? Keeping on the West Coast, my slide for this week will be the Recipe by Sir off his most recent album, Chasing Summer, produced by Cal Banks. I better fall back. I don't mean to mislead her. But if she believed every word that I said, I'd take it all back. She playing follow the leader, but that doesn't mean that I ain't gotta leave her. Oh, no. She say she could give me what I need. I should make her more than company. I swear she got that fire. But does it compare to Cali? No. She's so happy when she's next to me. Thought she had me, baby. Really thought she had me. That is a special, wow. special song. Wow. To to discuss a relationship that, you know, isn't necessarily feeding a certain person in in, a, in the way they might want it to be. And to call it, you know, say it's not in the recipe. Ooh. Like, like you missing some pen right. Get your pen up. Like, oh. like we're not seasoned enough. Crazy. Like, man, that is, that's just, and the instrumentation, that, that uh. saxophone is, that's, that's something. And then his voice, because it's like, I, th- I think Sir is a really, really good singer. I th- there are obviously mm-hmm. better singers, but there's just something about it. There's 
the the rawness it's like it's smooth there's there's soul there's there's like a it's like silk um, i don't know it's it, it just it's a beautiful song and it's the content isn't necessarily you know like positive it's yeah like even if yeah. it's open and honest it's it's it, it could be triggering for people who've been in a situation like that so to capture those feelings in such a beautiful way and i mean there's there's toxic r&b all over like that's that that exists but I don't know, something about this this song in particular and that album like you you could pull any song from that album out and listen to it and it's you're, you're bound to just have this this euphoric experience. It so. is that's such a great way to say it. It is very 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 euphoric. Yeah. Um, that was Felix Oquendo, Oquendo on the saxophone. Mm. So shout out to you, Felix. Yeah. Really, you smoked that joint. He's nice. And as as you know, you can find all of our deep cuts, all of our slides on the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist available on all platforms. That's right. Hit the link tree in our bio. Uh, hit up the social media at Stay Busy Pod on IG and Twitter. Submit us some slides. You know the Your rubric. Slide might make it. You might get a Stay Busy sticker, and you will definitely get a shout out. You'll definitely get a sticker too. Thanks. So add some slides. Aha. Uh-huh. So Nick, you ready for the board meeting, man? I am. Today, <laughs> today we are getting into letters of recommendation. We're going to discuss the power of a cosign. You know. When I think about cosigns in music, I think about applying to jobs. So you can apply to a job through a job board or you can get a referral. Right. Can you get a job alone applying through a job board? Absolutely. It's very, very possible. Does it help to have help along the way in a referral? Undeniably. Having someone in a company who can speak on your behalf about the value that you bring is it pays dividends. But you are capable of doing things independently. Now. Whether you are navigating the waters on your own or you're navigating with a referral, regardless of, of you know, w- what your boost is, you still have to come in. You have to do well on, on the job application. You have to kill the interview. And then you have to deliver when you're actually on the job. And I think this is a really good metaphor for, for music when we think about upcoming artists getting co-signed by artists who are established, veterans, OGs, just general big people who, who people look to. Um, for their opinions. So, you know, cosigns, why, why do you feel that, that cosigns work? What's, what's the, what's the benefit of them? The benefit of, I think it's just like, it's like about passing that social currency of like someone that y'all like messes with this person. So off of the strength of y'all liking that one person, you're going to like the newcomer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think of just so many examples where it's kind of just like bringing people up. It comes from, you know, paying it forward. I think in, in a way, in a natural way, it's just paying it forward to yeah. someone, you know, when you know you have a platform, acknowledging someone who, when you were in that position, helped you out and just paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you can, you can see it in so many different ways. So like Wayne, for example, Wayne putting on Drake, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, it happens that we'd have to go back to the go back in the history to see how it exactly happened. But Wayne put on Drake. Mm. Drake has put on literally a list. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had the list here of people Drake put on. I mean, now because, what do ahead. you feel about people? Sorry to cut you off. No, no, what do no, you no, feel man. about people who try to spin the whole cosign thing and say that someone like a Drake, for example, is trying to stay relevant or trying to 
stay within waves by co-signing these young artists and making music with them. I think people are hating. People are always going to find something to hate about Drake. Leave Aubrey alone. Mm-hmm. Leave Aubrey alone. What's the problem? Um, no, but in all seriousness, I... That's so ignorant to say. I mean, <laughs> to say that he's just trying to stay relevant. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people who who go into situations like that with those intentions. Like, oh, I'm going to mess with this younger artist who's really hot right now. Of course. And it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me relevant. It's going to make people... Click my name and see what my music is like. Drake Drake could never do another feature again and would still go quadruple platinum. <laughs> we know Drake's we, the outlier. You know what I'm saying? He's he he's different. He's an alien. Mm-hmm. He he's doing this, I think, yeah, to have his hand in everything. And we can't we can't sit up here and act like there's probably not no selfish things to gain from putting on new talent. Mm-hmm. There's that that sort of like just being the guy in the culture to say, like, wow, he gave us this person, he gave us that person. Like he made us really like Take Heath. He made us really like um, Snow Allegra. You know, like he's the one that kind of brought these people into the the main light. You know, mm-hmm. um, obviously people like Wizkid and Skepta were popping in their own right, but he exposed them to new markets. Which is like, I hate, when I hate, I hate, I hate the conversation about calling him a culture vulture. Mm, me too. <laughs> one, he's from a place that's arguably a bigger melting pot than most American cities, Mm -hmm. Toronto, huge melting pot, huge Caribbean influence, huge African influence. Mm -hmm. So the way they speak, they're just different, right? So their culture on the ground there, their culture is different to where that's a part of the everyday life. There is listening to dance hall, listening to Soka, listening to Caribbean music, listening to Afro beats. And I think Drake is, if you want to call him a culture vulture, vulture, we can have, but virture, <laughs> a culture vulture, if you want to call him that, um, we let's have a conversation on the side because I will really, really debate you with this. But right. I don't think that that's the case because he always pays homage to whoever it is that he's copying the sound or bringing the sound into. So, like right. he had Wizkid on the sound, he had Skepta on the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets the person, the guy or the girl who is known for that and brings them in on the song. And yeah. I think he's introducing music. It's not new music. It's music that's not heard in different markets. And I think that that's really important. Um, so anyways, back to the cosign part. Yeah. So in terms of cosigns, uh, obviously we spoke about features, but what are the other ways that you feel cosigns can occur? Uh, I think back to that, like, I think there's just many, I think there's like the direct obvious ones slash indirect subtle ways to do something and like you know we say like collaborations through the generations and like like older artists collaborating with newer generations newer artists that's like one of the most more obvious ways but i think in a way i think like for example we talk about drake and snow allegra right for me i know me personally and i know a lot of people who i've talked to about it like when he sampled on Do Not Disturb, he sampled Time, the mm-hmm. record Time. Everyone was like, what is that sample? Mm-hmm. What is that sample? Mm-hmm. And I think he does that a lot of ways. That's a subtle way of indirectly like co-signing somebody yeah. is by sampling them in your record, sampling their record and putting it in your record. And then people saying, going back and saying, who was that? Or what was that sample? Mm-hmm. And then they find out, oh, I, I mean, I know I did that. Sure. When I heard the joke, I was like, time never matter. I'm like, yo, what is that sample? Yeah. And I looked back and saw Snow Allegra. I'm like, who's this girl? Oh, okay, cool. Weird name. <laughs> Random project. I'm like, yo, she right. is like that. Yeah. What? She's dope. Yeah. And then, boom, that got me onto her. But that was a cosign from an artist 
at, in my, to me, an indirect cosign from an artist that I messed with and I liked saw that he put me basically on to someone that I didn't know about. And so and you can see that in so many other different ways. And I think another way is kind of like these remixes and like, not remix, yeah, I guess it remixes, features, redoing the song, hopping on the second verse. Um, Migos, Versace, Drake. When he got on the verse, he took it to the next level. Um, I think back to Summer Walker, the Girls Need Love joint. When he hopped on it, it was like, oh, okay, you know, Drake really on it? Like, bruh, like, I'm sure there's some person out there who had heard the Drake version first. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, what is this? He's on the Who's Summer Walker? And I'm saying, you know, that's really important. Of course, we heard the Summer Walker first. But when Drake hops on and when these artists of big, high stature hop on these records, that is a cosign in and of itself, even though it's kind of like in the reverse way. No, no, that's not the reverse way. That's actually the definition, but you get what I'm saying. Now, cosigns are tough because, and, you know, we, we can talk about Drake and his cosigns forever, but when, when you're an up-and-coming artist who's trying to find your footing, maybe doesn't have a big hit yet, and then Drake jumps on one of your songs and everyone knows you, now you're in this spotlight. You've got eyes on you. Your follower count jumps up. People are clicking your name on Apple Music. So right. it's like, all right, what are you going to deliver next? Because you can't make music with Drake for the rest of your career, so, like, what are you going to do? And we've seen, you know, artists like 21 Savage, and he, he had a great summer 16. Yeah. Know, got on sneaking with Drake. And then he ended up putting out two albums after that, both of mm-hmm. which were really good. Big, big features, Rockstar, Bardier, Cardi with Cardi B. Yeah. So 21 Savage is the example of someone who got that spotlight and was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fall and off. Grabbed it by the horns. It's right. time for me to cook. You know, and then A you, lot. you look at someone like McConan. And oh, Jesus. though it may not necessarily. <laughs> it, may, it, it may not even necessarily be that he didn't deliver. You know, him and Drake had like tension, like yeah. their, their relationship ended negatively. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like it, it was people feeling like they need to pick sides. Not that his music got worse after Tuesday, but <laughs> it's like. <laughs> um, but more so that, all right, Drake don't mess with you. I can't mess with you anymore. And that's, that's, that's ultimately how people think like that's, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's a, that's a reality. I agree. Yeah. Um, but we look at, we look at these other lineages, these other cosigns, you know, you got Dr. Dre on the West coast house of Dre. So many people he's put on huge names. We got Eminem 50 was, was, uh, he Dre was very influential in 50s career. The game, Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pack. People don't know about the Pack one. Mm. That's how I found out. Well, that's not how I found out about Pack, but that's when actually it was. That was how I found out about Pack. When I was when we uh, Compton dropped, and I said, "Who is this dude who's on six of the tracks or how many of the tracks he was on?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's this guy. I'd heard of him before, and I re- I didn't realize it was the same person." That's right. what happened. But yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, um, you know, you, you look at their careers. Eminem is one of the commercially one of the most successful rappers of, of all time. The Descent ran the early 2000s and was able to transition into business. The game had a great early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, linked up with 50. And then, you know, his career kind of went in a different direction. Not that it's he's, he's doing badly, right. but, um, you know, like connections are are everything. And with him him and 50 splitting, I, I felt like it was another thing where people 
felt like they needed to choose sides. And yeah. 50 being the big star he was at that time, everyone kind of went in 50's direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then you look at the people on the West Coast who didn't necessarily need a cosign. Right. I know you're a huge YG fan. Hey, and he's, he's got that line, you know, only one who made it without Dre, something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, I forget what song, but I'm only one on the West that made it without Dre, um, is what he said. And just, I didn't know this. I mean, obviously, that was the first time I heard it. But that, that I, when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, he was the only one that kind of didn't really come from the house of Dre um, that kind of made something um, happen out of the West and did more on a, you know, regional and then national scale. Right. Um, but yeah, I, and I think that, you know, cosines can only uh, help, I think in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not necessary. It's like you said, like with the job analogy. Yeah. Can you get the job by yourself? Yeah. I think some people can do that, mm-hmm. but of course a letter of rec always going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think why Jesus is just a specific case, special case where he can show you that a cosine doesn't necessarily make or break your ability to get into the industry yeah. at a high level. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, regardless of who is, you know, what artists are supporting you, your fan base is what pushes you to that next level. So if you're just relying on, Oh, this Drake feature, and then I'm gonna get a young thug feature and then I'm gonna get a future feature, but you're not feeding your core in, in a, in a specific way, mm-hmm. then that can, can hold you back. Like all the artists in the world can mess with you, but if you got no fans, you got no one coming to your shows, then you know, what, what have you really accomplished? So the, the, the work ultimately has to come first. Like you, you have to operate as if not as if no one messes with you in, in the industry, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta kind of be that savage mentality. Like I, I'm hungry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build this for me. And then if my work ethic, um, kind of appeals to someone in a way where they want to, you know, post me or they want to get on a song on me or they want to come out to one of my shows, then that's dope. You know, that, that means that, 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 that you're doing the right thing. Right. Um, I think, and you know, I, I'm obviously not an artist, so please feel free to correct me, but I think a lot of artists really do try to break into the game by getting the attention of someone, you know, like, I'm, 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 I'm going to post this freestyle and, you know, like, tag this artist and there's, there's nothing wrong with that right like you know if, if if you kill a certain artist beat and you want them to see that then for sure but i think i think some people focus a bit more on getting that recognition that acknowledgement than you know strengthening strengthening the, the, their own craft yeah people skipping able, steps being able to stand alone people you want know, to skip you, stuff. you can't fake the funk because people know like camera phones exist People will hear a dope song mm-hmm. recorded, mixed, and then see yep. it live and be like, oh, you didn't do that the same right. way you did it right. when, when you had that person on the track. So You were sliding on the record. Now you slipping live. Yeah. Well. <sighs> Big slips. So <laughs> Spooky slips. Spooky. So, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, cosigns are valuable. Like I said, connections are everything. Who, who you know gets you in the door. But what you know and what you can do keeps you in the room and allows you to go from just someone in the room to the person controlling the room to the person, person owning the room, you know. Um, and we, we can go on and on. You look at Jay-Z and J. Cole. House of Hove. Um, you know, Cole came in a certain way. Uh, with with Hove's label, they had him. They had him doing a lot of radio songs, trying to make hits, and you know it it worked to an extent, but it, it wasn't really what Cole was about. And then we see Cole break away, and you know he's doing his platinum no features thing three times in a row. Now he's building his own successful label. But Cole, even if you know he recognizes he wasn't being 
pushed as an artist the way he wanted to be. He's still very, very different and very, um, you know, he, he humbles himself to Hove and really, you know, Hove gave him that platform yeah. to be, be known and to make it. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I, I really admire how, how J Cole in particular hasn't been, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Hove's boy. I'm a Hove boy. Like he's really established his own identity. Oh yeah. And I think that's ultimately what it's about. You know, if, if you, if you're strong by yourself and, and then you've got a strong supporting cast, then I mean, he established himself based off merit alone. Yep. You know what I'm saying? The man is, he's the top three to me. Mm -hmm. He's in the top three. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, I think that's, that's a good point to wrap. Um, Let's get into this bulletin board real fast. January 15th, the boy Wale, Brooklyn steel, great venue. Seen some, I saw, we saw her there. Yeah. We saw her at Brooklyn steel. She, she killed that. January 17th, Yams Day. Rest in peace to ASAP Yams. Yeah. Barclays Center should be crazy. Um, it's crazy every year. They always bring out some dope people. You know, Rocky's always got some crazy plans to, to celebrate the life of his best friend. Um, yeah. That's all I got. You got anything, bro? Uh, no. Y'all make sure you hydrate and stay safe for tomorrow. I know y'all going to have a lot of fun. New Year's Eve and doing all that stuff. So make sure you stay safe. Do not drink and drive, y'all. Yeah. And drink, but those, don't drive. Those Ubers are pretty expensive too, so I wouldn't I wouldn't rely on that. But I believe AAA gives free rides to people who feel they're not able to to drive as a result of being inebriated. Exactly. So get you that, that AAA number and make sure make sure that you're safe. Exactly, Mundo. Yeah. All right, so John. with that, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Stay Busy. I am the host, Armand Sadler. My boy Nick here, uh-huh. always bringing the heat. Don't tell nobody. Stay safe, stay humble, stay busy, and have a happy, happy new year.